We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. He is the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, I don't know that it should maybe come as so much of a surprise to um, anybody. But Billy Turner says the Broncos are not interested at this time in bringing him back. But also, am I am, am I looking all like slow mo, or is that just on my side? Uh, but he also claims Zach he's one hundred percent healthy from that knee and in the basically the best shape he's ever been. Do you buy it? And what about the Broncos? They still need some tackle depth. Well, I mean, he was trying to figure out why the Broncos are not interested and trying to wonder why he hasn't got signed. Remember in season one, I love making the reference when I can of the Sopranos shed when the Chris and Adriana met massive genius and they were trying to pass off the rap album and they went to Hesh and Hesh listened to it. And he said, it's just not good. That's what I could say about Billy Turner. He just wasn't very good when he was on the field. Obviously it doesn't help when he's injured, but he came into the Broncos system coming off an injury coming off a failed physical. They knew what they were getting, but I wasn't that impressed when even he was healthy. He is a guard to me at heart, and he's a backup lineman at best. A lot like Dalton Reisner. Yeah, I don't know. He was uh, never all that exciting in his first stint with the Broncos, 2016 through 18. And I think you and I both were a little bit surprised at the contract he got from Green Bay. Um, But there he went. Came back, two and a half million bucks. Here's a question for you, tinfoil hat. Did the Broncos know Billy Turner was damaged goods when they signed him? One year, two and a half million, whatever it was, something close to that. Do you think they knew and that George Payton was willing to look past it because of the bromance between Turner and Nathaniel Hackett? And also Justin Outen and um, the whole collective there. I I may be the case where they didn't know the extent of Billy Turner's injury, but then I'm thinking to myself how he was cut from Green Bay with that failed physical, but Nathaniel Hackett was there all along. He should have known. And I got to remind you of one other thing. Hackett himself said Billy Turner is one of his best friends in the world. I mean, that's probably the answer then. You know, he went to George Payton and said, listen, George, I 
promise you I'm going, you know, sticking my neck out for this guy. You sign him, we'll get good return, but the Broncos got nothing. When Cameron Fleming is showing better than you in pass protection, you have a major problem. He did not show up till week six as in the starting lineup. Played four games, average to subpar right tackle. Had a setback, missed another four straight games, and then finished the season, Zach, at right tackle. Meanwhile, so I guess what I'm getting at here is it's no huge shock. The Broncos are telling him we're not interested at this time in bringing you back. But meanwhile, Cameron Fleming actually played, even though outside perception uh, is, is what it is, he played pretty well as a swing guy that was asked to do a lot of uh, on-the-fly stuff for the Broncos last year. It would not surprise me that if Cameron Fleming lingers into, uh, let's say, into the summer beyond the draft, which I'll be surprised if it happens, but if he does, I would I would be shocked if the Broncos didn't bring him back. I guess it is a different coaching staff, so so that that's a factor here. But Fleming seems to me he's not a guy that you Zach ideally are like, hey, we're good, we got him as our starter. But when your starter goes down, you're glad that dude is waiting in the wings. I mean, I guess, <laughs> I guess you can be glad, but it says something when the Broncos have three linemen, you know, Cameron Fleming, Dalton Reisner, and um, Billy Turner all available still. I don't know if it's when they join the Broncos, they become radioactive or untouchable, but it says something that maybe they just weren't good enough. Maybe the film was not good enough. And I think that explains why they haven't got another contract. Lots of little stories that I want to get to tonight, little bits of news that we want to catch all of Broncos country up on. Uh, but first, some hellos, some thank yous, some super chats, starting with Larry No Filter. What's up? Thank you for the super chat, Larry. He says, evening, gents. Billy Turner, I would probably pass unless it's for the cheap. Heard a report that the Broncos were in the mix for DJ Fluker. Thoughts, Zach? Um you want to see the former Alabama Crimson Tide? What was he like? Top 10 pick of the Chargers, if I if memory serves. You want to see him come to Denver? Well, first of all, Larry, I haven't heard that. And if I did, I would have written that up because it's so damn dry right now. So pass that forward in the comments if you can, if it's a reputable report. And we'll be sure to cover that in extensive detail. I did read that DJ Fluker is making a comeback. Oh, my God. I feel like <laughs> Caleb on that. I'm turning the, the color Sam of, Hill? of the message. Wow. Holy smokes. What the frick? Michaela with an all-timer right here. Uh what do you even say, Michaela? Thank you. I think it's I think it's something like six or seven individuals ever have maxed out the YouTube super chat limit in an individual super chat. And the Duchess, um, she may have done it before. She's done many. She's in the 200 club, 300 club. Something's telling me, my memory's telling me this is not the first time. But either way, Michaela, so, so very generous of you. We love you. We appreciate you. you. Wow. Especially when things are slow as far as the news cycle is concerned and Broncos fans start getting a little bit sleepy as far as really caring what the news and rumors might be. Uh, this really helps us. Believe it. This really helps myself, Zach, Scott. So, Love you so much, Michaela. She says, Zach, and then I'll serve it over to you. I don't know if it would be bad having Turner uh, for depth at a veteran minimum, just in case of injuries. Much love. Love you so much, Michaela. I I don't know what to say. I was uh, trying to 
think of my last thought about DJ Fluker. Then I saw Michaela and it just blows me away. Thank you so, so much, Michaela. Uh, and you might be right just to have that depth. He knows the team. He knows some of the players around him. It wouldn't hurt, but if I had my druthers, I'd want the Broncos to draft a tackle and let Sean Payton kind of pick newer and fresher groceries, but ballin' is damn sure right. You're getting all the love in the comments, Michaela, from Richard here as well, and you definitely deserve it. Thank you so, so much. It's amazing. Love it. Love you so much. And uh, because of this, we're, we're raffling two jerseys. You guys can thank Michaela for this. We're going to raffle two jerseys to the suit to the top 10 finishers in the month of March on YouTube tonight. And then of course we'll raffle one um, for Facebook, our, our biggest supporters on Facebook. So Michael is the Duchess. He's saying here, the Duchess of the MHH pod indeed. And she's more than that. She's a friend and uh, someone whose insight and takes on Broncos football that we all uh, value here at MHH. So love you, Michaela. I just love the community getting hype for Michaela, getting hype for us. Everyone just like we're so tight in around here and it's so good to see each and every day. Really quickly going back to Fluker chat. I want to get your input. I mean, I did see that he's losing a bunch of weight and he wants to get back into the NFL. How would you feel about the Broncos going after him? Now nah, miss me on that. Miss me on that. I just think that if you're going to, if you're going to make other veteran additions, uh, get someone who's a little bit more, um, I don't know what's a good word for it. Polished in someone who's, you know, been playing at a relatively high level of late, not someone who you're having to try to rehabilitate, get back into shape, yeah. get any of that. Miss me on that. You know, the Broncos don't have time for that at this stage. They got to hit the ground running uh, with Sean Payton. So, you know, who knows if he ends up uh, getting back into shape and can really prove himself i i guess i'd be open to it but as of today i just think there are probably better options out there for the broncos yeah and they've worked out a bunch of tackles and uh, visited with them throughout the pre-draft process i wouldn't be surprised if they used a we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
fairly high pick on a tackle to uh, solidify that spot. Thank you again, Michaela, though. Love you so much. Uh, before we get back to the chat, though, it is time. And lots of topics, by the way, tonight that we are going to be getting to, including Drew Locke's semi-passive-aggressive poke at the Denver Broncos. I want to get everybody's take on this, Zach's take. It's going to be fun. Uh, but first, we've got some jersey raffles to announce. And before we get to that, we're going to show you how the top 10 finished uh, in the month of March on YouTube. This is our our super chat, superstars. Uh, first things first, you got to know the rules, all right? It's always been we take the top five finishers uh, in the month of super chat. That's cumulative. That's total. And then their names go in a hat. We raffle draw. They get a Broncos jersey of their choice. It's a thank you from myself, Zach, from my, all the dudes, Scott, uh, for the support. It's a small thank you. And then we decided in March to open things up a little bit on YouTube and include the top 10 finishers in the raffle, but it's weighted. So in other words, whoever's at slot number 10 who finished slot number 10, they're probably not going to have or not probably. They're not going to have as many uh, tickets in the hat, so to speak, as whoever finished at number one. So there is that fairness uh, doctrine there. But here's how it finished. Here's, here's how it finished in the month of March. Let me get the, this banner off the screen. You've got Ethan, the DWI guys, just chopping wood, number one. The Lady D, Deanna Hendry, number two. Renardo at three. That's a solid top three. And then the Duchess, Michaela, she leapfrogged a few people to get into the top five uh, at the 11th hour. She's a clutch performer. That's Michaela. When the chips are down, she rises to the occasion. GLP, the swashbuckler himself, and how fitting it is that both Michaela and Gary are right there, four and five because that's who we got to hang out with red carpet style uh, at the meet and greet last year. And then F.A. at six, Naj at seven, Gaila Maples at eight, and D-Dub, our very dear friend Dale uh, in Hawaii, at nine, Sambam at ten. And you can see the arrows of the, of the, the superstars who really had to uh, – who not had to, but, had, but really climbed the rankings uh, toward the end of the month. So – Hats off to each and every one of you. Thank you so much. If Whether it's a 99-cent super chat or a, like you saw from Michaela tonight, that level of generosity, it all means the world to us, and it matters greatly for us in keeping the lights on and keeping these pods coming every single night, seven nights a week. So love and respect to each and every one of you. But here's the winners. Okay, you ready? Gyla against some pretty stiff odds. Gyla Maples is the initial winner of the top 10 super chat Jersey giveaway. So Gyla Scott, I don't know if we've seen Gyla in the chat yet. I haven't really looked at the chat um, this evening, but if you guys see Gyla or if Gyla's in the chat, we need you to shoot us an email uh, with your uh, shipping address, what Jersey you want and the size obviously, but make sure you go to the Bronco store and check that it's in stock. We've had that problem. I want to remind you. And then the second Jersey, Michaela Parker, Michaela Parker, she gets a jersey. On Facebook, Howie Frickin' Day was the winner uh, for the month of March. So, Zach, this is – and Howie, you got to email us, bro. If you're hearing this now, if we don't see it tonight, we'll keep an eye out for you and make sure to let you know. But, again, email, address, what jersey you want, and size. We'll get that rolling. But much love and respect to our entire community. They're amazing. They, I, I go into each and every podcast saying – 
I can't be more impressed and I can't be more humbled. And yet y'all surprise me each and every time. Michaela, I'm still tongue tied from your amount of generosity and how consistent you are each and every single pod. Thank you so, so much. It really goes a long way. Every single interaction that we have doesn't have to be a certain amount or anything like that. Just every interaction we have on the podcast, we definitely live for. Very lucky. We are very grateful, very lucky, very fortunate. And we pinch ourselves seriously every day that we have this community and that we have such great friends and supporters within it that help make it possible in more ways than one. So love you very, very much. Just don't forget guys. And Michaela, you can just DM me uh, what Jersey you want. Let's get it rolling, but don't forget to send your emails. That's to Gila and that's to Howie freaking day. Okay. All right, Zach back into uh, some, some news here uh, and really quick though, shout out David McElrath jumped in early with a super chat. Much love and respect to you, big dog. He's saying, Buckham times two, MHH for life, Broncos for life, from the Papa Bear himself. All right, dude, love it. Uh, Mike, you're the man, dude. Seriously, your support, another another exemplar, another re- obvious uh, evidence of how lucky we are. Zach, myself, Scott, everyone here at MHH. So much love and respect. Zach, did you by chance see the article, what Drew Locke um, – it's an article I wrote, and in full transparency, I would never lie to you guys. I would never try and steer you wrong. This might not be an article I'm writing if it's January or if it's even February, Zach. It might not be an article I'm writing. You know, definitely I'm not probably if it's the season. But when things start getting slow and you see things on the newswire that you might not normally want to cover, but you're like, what else am I going to grab? What else do I want to bring to Broncos fans' attention? Uh, So I wrote up Drew Locke, right? And basically, here's what he said, all right? It's nothing too earth-shattering, but in case you guys missed it, the Seahawks re-signed him. One-year deal, four million bucks. And here is what he said upon returning to the Seahawks. Quote, I feel like I learned more in this last year. I didn't play, but I learned so much from being with Shane Waldron, being with Pete Carroll, hearing how they talk football and situational football and how to handle a locker room, everything those guys taught me last year. Again, I'm excited to be able to come back and be here for another year and learn more from them, closed quote. So, Zach, it's it's maybe a small poke at the Broncos. I learned more in my one year on the bench in Seattle than I did three years as a starter or whatever in, in Denver. But how are you feeling about Drew Locke getting, his, uh, getting a, a, a modest extension or a modest one-year deal from the Seahawks? Well, I, I think I'm taking what he said at face value. He never struck me as an overly petty guy or an immature guy. I think he um, he's genuine in what he said about Seattle. And looking at it from a human point of view, they took him in, Chad, and he felt wanted there, unlike in Denver where he never felt wanted. But notice he didn't mention Geno Smith. He mentioned the coaches around him. And that was a huge thing for him. He had success under a certain coach who was more of a Waldron type in Rich Scangarello. And then they went away from that to hire uh, Pat Shermer. And that was the downfall of all downfalls for <laughs> Drew Locke. So I am happy for him. You know, he doesn't play for the Broncos anymore. So we're going to, we've pumped off the, you know, let him hate and all that, but I do hope he has success in his career. And uh, even from afar, I'll be rooting for him to get his chance. I'm just happy Zach to see, Drew Locke derangement syndrome began to dissipate a little bit. Um, well, now it's Russ derangement syndrome, so it's like take your pick. Yep, and the only way to snap that uh, derangement, clear it up, and uh, win. you got to win, baby. You got to win. 
Um, but he did, for what it's worth, Zach, Drew Locke did say some kind things about Gino and um, basically just the situation there in, in Seattle. But it's kind of crazy when you think about it because when he landed in Seattle as part of that trade, and we're like, all right, he's got to beat out Geno Smith. It, the Seahawks made it sound like John Schneider anyway and some of the things he said in last August and then some of the things he said after the news of this signing that, you know, Drew was like right there and then he got the bug, right? He got the coof right before, re- literally, Zach, at the penultimate worst possible time. He got very – and it wasn't just, oh, I tested positive, I got to sit. He got really sick too. Like it, he got it, – it laid him low for a bit. And then, of course, the Seahawks went with Geno, and then the rest is history because he goes on to produce a phenomenal season, and Drew Locke is literally an afterthought. I think if I'm Drew Locke, I'm thinking, if Geno Smith can have this resurgence in his career, why can't I? I've landed in a pretty good spot, but you know, I'm sure he talked nice about him, but in that quote that you first mentioned, he talked about the coaching around him, and that was always yeah. the big... That was always the biggest downfall, especially when your head coach openly hates you like Vic Fangio did. He was not a fan of Drew Locke and made that very, very clear. Whereas P. Carroll, we don't like him around these parts, but he's a very player-friendly guy, and I can see why a, a quarterback like Locke would want to be there. That's a good point, though. Um, who would have ever guessed after he kind of flamed out with the Jets as a early second-round pick that Geno Smith would have gone on that late into his career to to pop and to bust like he did last year. So if he can do it, it means other quarterbacks can do it. So we'll see what the future holds for uh, one Drew Locke. But, hey, I'm just happy that he found himself a little paycheck. And it was quite a raise for him, too, for what it's worth, over what he was making as a former second-round pick. Um, David Kilgore, appreciate your patience, big dog, and appreciate your support. Another one of our great longtime members of this community. And I can remember, David, uh, going all the way back. We started doing our podcast as a live stream. Zach, if you remember, September of 2019. All right. Then that season ends, right? This was the Drew Lock rookie year. Everyone's feeling excited because, you know, he finished four and one as a starter. We get into the offseason and everyone can remember what happened there. Calamity. The pandemic hits. We don't even know if there's going to be football uh, later that year. And so what we all had was each other to kind of get through the pandemic. A lot of people, of course, sitting at home, being figuring out how to work from home, all these different challenges. Uh, and th- that's when, Zach, I can remember this guy uh, finding us on YouTube, David Kilgore. And he's still rocking the uh, neck gator, the, the MHH face mask like a boss. So love it. And he's wearing the vintage Huddle Up podcast hat. So much love and respect, David. He says, I hope Denver goes after two Kansas State prospects, uh, a running back, Vaughn, and a cornerback, Brents. Both are good players. Zach, the Broncos definitely need some depth at corner, and they could use at least one more uh, reliable running back. Yeah, and they've actually scouted. I'm reading, like, I'm tracking the top 30 visits to see if I can discern a pattern of what the Broncos want to do. I definitely noticed cornerback on there, a lot of um, linebackers, defensive linemen, and tight end, surprisingly enough. I had a story about uh, Luke Musgrave, the Oregon State tight end the Broncos are bringing in for a top 30 visit. I saw from Mike List today they're going to hold a top 30 with Michigan tight end Luke Schoonmaker. So they're kind of throwing darts all around the dartboard and uh, whatever position they land on, I think they're going to attack. But I would not mind either player that you listed there. Gina, 
Cooper, the mini Cooper, as she uh, her handle on Twitter in the house with some support on Facebook. Love you. Thank you, Gina. The ladies of MHH night in night out show out uh, not only supporting what we're doing, but bringing great insight to the table and helping us keep the conversation alive every single night in the chat. Thank you, Gina. She says, uh, wow, love the ladies representing Broncos country here with MHH. Let's go. Hats off to all the superstars as well. And that's what you are, Gina, uh, as well as a superstar. So really appreciate you. Taylor Christensen, speaking of superstars, I mean, look at that YouTube profile pic. I don't know that I've seen too many things much prettier than a red bridge the gap LP that Taylor Christensen <laughs> put in his YouTube profile pic. The dudes from Bridge the Gap will be really stoked to see that. I'll, I'll, I'll send him a screenshot. Thank you, bud. He says, can't rely on Billy Turner. Too injured. Time for new blood. Late, uh, late draft. Use, I guess, a late round pick on a right tackle. Also, thanks for the signed album, Chad. MHH for life. Denver Broncos for life. Love the song, My Creation. Very stoked to hear that, buddy. Thank you for the support. And thank you for waiting. Had to get all the dudes from Bridge the Gap. We live in Colorado. We live in Utah. Have to come together at one time. So we got it signed. And all those orders out the door. I agree with the premise of the first part, though. I'd rather pass up on Billy Turner and draft a tackle. Younger, cheaper, higher upside. Definitely the way to go. Phil in Tucson, love you, big dog. He's saying, evening priest, holy mackerel, Michaela, go Broncos. Love to Michaela. Hashtag buck em. Uh Phil, you're another one of our great, great members. So um, hope you're having a, a good evening. Hope you're feeling much, much better than that spell you went through not too long, uh, not too far back. So really appreciate you, Phil. Um, Zach, did you see the ridiculous? I had to write it up because, again, Slow times, okay? What are you going to do? Charge it to the game. But did you see the ridiculous CBS Sports article that listed the Broncos as one of five probable landing spots for Mac Jones, who the, who the New England Patriots have reportedly flirted with the possibility of dealing, shopping him, dangling him. This guy, who was it? Uh, Cody oh Benjamin, God. the writer. That's right, Cody Benjamin. Listed of five teams, the Broncos as number five. And I just had to kind of grab it and dunk on it and kind of laugh at it as I was typing up this article and, and re, uh, reacting to it or whatever. But what were your thoughts on how, in what way, shape, or form would that make sense? Does this dude not understand in, at all? Like, even I get it, Zach, you're not monitoring every single transaction the Broncos make because you cover the NFL national, but maybe just at least take a look at the salary cap and the Broncos draft situation as far as how many picks they have before you decide to connect Mac Jones to them as a potential landing spot. My reaction is I shake my head so much. I might as well have arthritis at this point, but I'm not surprised either Chad, because no one knows what goes on with the Broncos outside of Denver, outside of those who cover the team. No one has a freaking clue. And he also uh, mentioned the Raiders on that list when the Raiders went out and just signed their quarterback to, and I believe it was Brian Hoyer to back up. Uh, who is, is it? Jimmy G is the new Raiders starter there now. So that's right. That's it, right. There's no homework or research that goes into it. They take a, quote unquote popular landing spot and they throw it out there and they hope that crap will stick. But the Broncos have their quarterback one. He makes $245 million. If you covered the NFL at large, which he does, you would know the Broncos paid Jared Stidham a pretty penny to be quarterback two. And you would also know because of the Russell Wilson and Sean Payton acquisitions, the Broncos are bereft of draft capital. So 
with what picks are they going to be using to acquire Mac Jones? It literally makes zero sense. It's ridiculous. It is. Um, and is again, probably not something we're writing up at MHH if it's not the, uh, and this is particularly Zach for what it's worth. Like April's usually still a pretty hopping busy month for us. Um, as far as the off season rhythms are concerned, because even though the lion's share of free agency is traditionally in the books, by the time you get to April, there's still so much scrutiny and excitement and, you know, top 30 visits Broncos are at that pro day scouting this person, whatever. And Broncos fans are following that diligently because they want to know what's going to happen in the draft. But I think this is the result, Zach, if we're being honest of two straight years with the Broncos, not having a first round pick that really saps the joy and the, the anticipation I think from Broncos fans, as far as the draft is concerned. And then you add insult to that injury and that no second round pick either, so it's been even slower trying to find things to write about. Lawrence, bro, it's because you guys rock. Hopefully my wife doesn't kill me. Very generous stars you're throwing down, bro. Seriously, you're, uh, you are a blessing, and we love all the takes that you bring every single night, big dog. So keep, uh, keep rocking, and uh, who knows? Maybe, the, maybe that drawing in this month in April goes to Lawrence. We'll have to see how it shakes out. Og Garcia, Zach, that's a new name. I don't recognize that name, so welcome. Thank you for the support. Connect with us on Twitter. Saying, what's up, boys? Here from California. Broncos fan since I was eight years old in 97. If we keep top draft, if we keep top draft picks, get a higher pick, what's the first position we draft? So if we keep 67, what's he asking? If we keep 67 or if we were to trade up somehow? I don't know. But what is, regardless of exactly what he's trying to say, we do know he wants to know, what's the first position, Zach, the Broncos draft this year? You know, I would have said uh, offensive line, and it might be that way because they keep scouting a ton of them who are going to go in the third or fourth rounds. But it's got to be, I think, defensive line or uh, linebacker, maybe secondary. They're in the position, maybe center if one's on the board. They don't really have to draft anyone for need, any position for need. They can take whoever the hell they want. It can even be a a situation like last year where they took Nick Benito in the second round, Chad, and he wasn't going to be a day one starter. They took him to be an immediate backup that might be the case with their top draft picks this year but I think they hold on to them in the third round and they shore up a position in need I'll say just for the sake of conversation center or defensive line yeah I am most concerned about center and edge but also you got to throw in cornerback depth right what's happening at safety because I mean what do we got there we got Justin Simmons We've got Caden Stearns. We've got P.J. Locke brought back. And then depending on how you, or I guess I should say how the Broncos view is saying Bassey. But really, once you get past Simmons and Stearns, and even Stearns is kind of sketchy with his injury histories being so recent. You know, it's a it's an issue. Going to have to figure that out. But I'm going to answer, Og. I'm going to say I think it's going to be a center or it's going to be um, – Edge is probably the top priority. If we're just talking about what's the number one priority, the first time the Broncos go on the clock, and we're going to be waiting a minute because it's not till pick 67, Dak Gummit. That's what I think. Yeah, it's got to be, you know, they didn't, they, 
the deal they gave uh, Kyle Fuller, the center, was like one year for $1.04 million. It was near veterans minimum, and I don't think they're as high on Lloyd Cushenberry as Sean Payton claims he is. So center could definitely be where they go at 67. Plus, it's an easy out. Like the way, um, the way Sean Payton communicated that Lloyd Cushenberry is our starter. What was it that we view him as him our? That way. Yeah, yeah, we view him as our starter. It's like, you know, Coach Speak one hundred and one. Sean Payton is, uh, you know, showing you how it's done. That doesn't commit the Broncos to Lloyd Cushenberry in any way, shape, or form. But I'll say it again. Even though I have misgivings, even though I would have some doubts, Zach, if Sean Payton ultimately has the entire offseason to make an upgrade, the entire uh, NFL draft and college free agency to make an upgrade, doesn't, and Lloyd Cushingberry does end up being this team's starter, I'm going to remain at least neutral, cautiously optimistic, because I'm going to hashtag trust in Sean. Yeah, but it's interesting the way they're going with this. I mean, I had the story today for the website that they've hosted or going to host on a top 30 uh, NC State guard Chandler Zavala, who is uh, being projected as a third-round pick. And you ask yourself, Chad, well, the Broncos just signed a left guard in Ben Powers. They have a right guard in Quinn Miners. If they take Zavala at 67-68, who starts? What do they do there? Do they move Quinn Miners to center in that scenario? I start to wonder. Indeed. Um, and it's a fair point that Scott brings up too in our in our green room. Broncos haven't Sean Payton hasn't been able to sit down and meet with, hang out with, coach, get in a room with any of these guys yet. So that means I think, Zach, that we take it even more with a grain of salt. It's it right now it comes down to where are the investments, where are the commitments? <clears throat> up front, you've got big dollars on Garrett Bowles, you've now got big dollars on Ben Powers. You've got a you know, third-round pick that you've developed at right guard in Quinn Miners, and then you've got a big contract for Mike McGlinchey. Those are where the commitments are. Center, you could argue as well the same logic that applies to Miners. The investment that has been made in him has also been made in Cushenberry because he's also a third-round pick, and he's also a guy that the team um, you know, went through the trial-and-error learning curve to get him starters experience, but still, I don't know. I think that's something that gets addressed in the draft, but it's still a sketchy proposition, Zach, because it's not often that a team finds a center in the third round even that ends up becoming a stud starter um, year one. Even Matt Paradis, who was a sixth-round pick, he didn't become a starter till his second year. And, of course, the Broncos went on to win a Super Bowl that year. But Keith Brugman in the house, bro. Love you, big dog. Appreciate you. Uh, and your Bridge the Gap LP was shipped out on Tuesday as well with all that, all those other orders. So hopefully you got that by now. But he says, do you guys have issues with Geno Smith winning comeback player of the year? What did he come back from? Not being good enough? This is a fair point, and I've seen a lot of people question it. Uh, for example, Zach, when Peyton Manning won comeback player of the year in 2012, he had missed the entire previous season because of the neck surgeries and whatnot, and he had a phenomenal all-pro campaign so he wins comeback player of the year what's your answer for keith it's a joke award just like the pro bowl has become pretty much the only nfl award that matters is all pro and uh, those type of designations but i saw something the early favorite for this year's comeback player of the year the season hasn't even started yet is damar hamlin 
And I understand the story that he is, but he only missed two games and he was a backup player. So it's pretty much whatever player has the national storyline, whatever player is the fad among the blue checkmark brigade, that's who's going to win. I wouldn't take it all too serious. Under the same logic, Russell Wilson could win comeback player of the year, right? Russell Wilson, if he goes on to have a Pro Bowl caliber signature season with Sean Payton, hey, give this cat comeback player of the year because he'd be coming back from a similar uh, spot that Gino did, which is irrelevancy, right? That's really what we're talking about here. Michael says, uh, says these Facebook stars are for all the winners of the MHH podcast Broncos jersey giveaway. You're so kind, brother. Appreciate you. Love you. And you've won a, a jersey or two in your time as well. And I just hope you know everybody appreciates you here at MHH, Mike. And our offer stands. We'd love to have you on the show at some point. We didn't have a uh, guest for tonight because we wanted to be able to do the giveaway stuff. Um, but Thursdays for the next couple of months is when we're trying to bring on our, our biggest supporters on Facebook and YouTube for superstar segments. And even though everyone knows you quite well in the chat by now, Mike, you've never been on the show and I'm sure people would love to see it. So think about it. Get back to us, bro. GLP. What's up, big dog. Thank you. Very generous. Another Mount Rushmore pivotal figure. The swashbuckler himself saying, yo, Chad, Zach, and Scott, I just want to say that even though you have um, uh, Michaela's and many other great friends supporting you, MHH needs all the support we can give to support the great pods we receive. Go Broncos, MHH for life. Very kind, very kind dude. I mean, no, ch the no check was sent to Gary for this super chat. This is genuine. And Zach, I think it's really cool to, just to see the, the pride and the ownership that people in our community take in the product that, you know, is, is being broadcast and streamed seven nights a week. And we take that very seriously, uh, as a very, um, very big responsibility. So I hope you guys know that. Love you, Gary. Yeah. Thank you so much, Gary. And I'd be remiss not to mention Michael for, uh, apparently throwing down big boy stars as uh, Chad yes. and Scott like to say, we got yes. the signal from Scott. So definitely appreciate you, Michael, as always your support each and every pot is incredible. Definitely. Love you guys. Um, Phil saying, I read we had an interview with Darnell Wright. Your thoughts. Zach, have you read this? I have not, but that's not too surprising. The Broncos would be interested. Let me let me do a cursory research on this real quick, Phil, and I will circle back. I just don't know if he'll be there by the time the Broncos pick. I see a case for him to go in the first round, especially if there's a run on tackles. I just... If they want him, they might have to trade up for him, and they just can't do that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm remembering this now. They did talk to him at the Combine, right? So for whatever that's worth, they did speak with him, offensive tackle, uh, Tennessee Volunteers. So, um, you know, it's, again, depth is the biggest concern. I think the Broncos have, have as formidable a bookend tackle duo as any team in the NFL. So you go to war tomorrow, you're feeling pretty dang good about that. but. You know, Garrett Bowles missed time last year with an injury. Um, you just never know. Mike McGlinchey, he's a veteran. He's not old, old, but he's to a point where, you know, let's face it, he's, he's no spring chicken, and he's always been a very physical player. So you just never know. And I'm knocking on wood as I say this. You need one solid number three to be able to swing, and we'll see. Uh, Keith saying, Phil, with the mic drop of a 1,000 stars, 
yeah, everybody's going off tonight. Usually when people go off, it's during the superstar segments. We didn't have one tonight, but geez, man, we really love and appreciate you guys. You know, thinking about it, I feel like if the Broncos take a tackle fairly high, that would mean that Garrett Bowles will either be traded or they'll move on in, in short order the next year. So if they don't need a tackle right now to the question about Darnell Wright, they have two starters, but I feel like how they address that position, taking one in the sixth round for a swing insurance policy is one thing, but using, let's say, 67 or 68 on a tackle, that would not be uh, great things for Mr. Garrett Bowles. I'm excited to see what the future holds for, for Bolsey and just, I mean, he still hasn't had the uh, most fortuitous. No, that's the wrong word. He hasn't had the, the best stability uh, as far as offensive line coaches. Although I guess, you know, when you say, how long was it? Three years that Munchak was with him. So I guess there is that. And if you owe anything, if, if Bowles owes anything to his development and turning the corner and getting that big, extension that he got from John Elway, which by the way, I do want to talk about. I at least want to offer my tribute to John Elway tonight before we sign off. Um, you know, I guess Mike Munchak, maybe even Dalton Reisner deserves a little bit of credit for Bolsey turning the corner. I don't know. I mean, I feel like he benefited from that 2020 season uh, where officials were literally instructed not to call holding so often as a means to improve the game. So that's why a lot of Bulls' penalties went down, but you saw in the, in the years following that that he's been still a little inconsistent, a little unreliable. When he's good, he's good. But when he's bad, boy, is he bad. And I don't know how that's going to fly in a Sean Payton offense. You know, the thing, too, about um, Wright, he's probably not going to be around by the time the Broncos are on the clock. Let's just remember that, too. He's expected to be a, a day one, early day two pick. But you never know. You never no, um, but Zach, I want to talk about this because we're at 38 minutes. We we don't need to go to the full 59 unless people are going or full 60 minutes unless people are going crazy in the chat. What is your what is the John Elway's lasting legacy as he officially parted ways with the Broncos over the this last few days? Um going to still make himself available to George Payton and the, uh, Greg Penner. If they need anything from him, he'll pick up the phone and be of service or whatever. Of course, he's going to say that, but this is really the end. This is John Elway riding off for good this time, right? No more uh, hopes of maybe someday coming back as a GM and then maybe someday coming back as part owner. This is it. John Elway, his time, uh, involved with the Broncos. I mean, he's always going to be a pivotal face of the of the franchise forever. He'll be known as the that that first face etched in the Bronco Mount Rushmore. But he's done. He's parting ways. It's a new era. What's the lasting legacy of John Elway, the GM? Well, I'm going to give it to y'all real. And I understand he's a Denver legend. I understand he's the Duke. They should probably build the statue outside the stadium for him. I think he's earned that right. He did way more good than bad, Chad, as Broncos GM. You're talking about four division titles. They went to two Super Bowls. They won one. He built arguably the best offense of all time. He built one of the best defenses of all time, one of the best free agent classes in uh, 2014 of all time. But his biggest mistake was not whiffing on quarterbacks. His biggest mistake was whiffing on coaches. 
And I feel like he'd still be today Broncos GM if he would have hired, let's say, Kyle Shanahan instead of VJ in 2017. That was his fatal flaw. It wasn't talent evaluation. It wasn't necessarily even drafting. He was starting to get better. You felt by the time, Chad, that he stepped down in place of George Payton that Elway was starting to get in the groove of the whole GMing thing. He was becoming more cerebral. There were more layers to him as an exec. But not picking that coach ultimately is the reason why we're reading the headline and talking about it, that his contract is up and he's going on to greener pastures. Well, it's like that, uh, you know, would you rather or, you know, similar type thing where would you be willing to go through seven years of darkness if you like, here, like right now, if I were to say, would you be willing to suffer seven years of losing and being in the NFL doldrums if Sean Payton could deliver you five consecutive AFC West crowns, two Super Bowl appearances, and one world championship? Would you take that as recompense? Would you be willing to pay that as the price? Seven years of insignificance. And that's really what, what happened. John Elway, if nothing else, all right, you can pick holes at his 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 ability as a talent evaluator and you know there were people when the broncos first hired him to come in and serve as the top football executive that said he's not a football guy that he's going to fail miserably because any other time it had been tried in the past including with dan marino with the dolphins of former you know high profile quarterbacks coming in into a front office role it hadn't worked out well and really it hadn't worked out well for a gm former player around the league other than ozzy newsom and People said, no, some of these naysayers, no, nah, John always going to fall flat on his face. And, you know, he's kind of walked that razor's edge, Zach, in his first year because he inherits Tim Tebow, hires John Fox, though, which was a great stabilizing force, makes a great decision, one of his first decisions as, a, as the top executive in the draft, holding the highest draft pick the Broncos had ever qualified for, number two overall, makes the right decision, takes Von Miller, that was a domino that would end up having great effect later on down the road when it fell. And then, hey, you went out and you won this, the Peyton Manning sweepstakes. Maybe no one else could have done that but John Elway. And that's really, at that stage, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit when I say if that was all he did was bring you Von Miller and, and Peyton Manning, you know, that probably would have been enough. But he did a lot more than that. And it resulted in five great seasons for the Broncos, five straight AFC titles, again, two Super Bowl berths, one victory. And after that, you're right, Zach, you couldn't get the head coach right, and everything trickled downhill from that as far as quarterback swings and misses. But I think John Elway deserves a lot of love and respect. And this is coming from a guy that is biased, okay? this I'm a guy who, as a kid, I had John Elway posters on my wall. When I'd go throw the ball with my friends, Zach, I pretended I was John Elway. That was that was me. So there is a bias there. Uh, but I think he's – the farther you get from Super Bowl 50, I think more people – the more his legacy will be, hey, he brought you two rings as a player. He brought you another one as a GM. And then, of course, the icing on the cake, the cherry on top, Zach, the iconic moment that you catch me at the right time and I'm thinking about it, it gives me chills. This one's for Pat. Hats off to the Duke of Denver. I, yeah. That's what I say. Much love and respect to John Elway. Go enjoy those grandkids, big dog. 
go enjoy that uh um you know the means that that football the life that football has provided for you now it's time to go enjoy that big dog yeah, Mike was bringing up the fact that, well, isn't Joe Ellis the one who stepped over Elway to nix the Kyle Shanahan thing? Even if you excuse him for that, and I feel like the search process wasn't inclusive enough to begin with. They interviewed three guys in that coaching cycle, VJ and Kyle Shanahan included. They still messed up the 2019 coaching search when they hired Vic Fangio. Wasn't Frank Reich a part of that search chat, if I remember correctly? Um, there was a couple younger coaches in there as well. He was starting to go on the right track. And then they went away from it to go back to the defensive-minded old curmudgeon type. So for sure, let's say if you would have hired Frank Reich in 2019, Frank Reich and Drew Locke would have worked well together. Vic Fangio and Drew Locke, not so much. For what it's worth, though, okay, John Elway wanted Gary Kubiak as his head coach from the time he took the job. Obviously, it wasn't in the cards at first because Kub was currently employed by the Houston Texans as their head coach. So he went with a another retread guy that had coached a team to a Super Bowl and John Fox. And then at the first possible moment, realistically, where he could actually get Coob, he did. And that was his plan, right? They were going to ride off into the sunset together. They were going to kick this can as far down the road as they could, and it was going to be great. And it looked like that was the direction it was heading, Zach, with a Super Bowl in their first year together. The next year, you lose Peyton Manning, but you still go win nine games with a Simeon and Paxton Lynch quarterback combo. And then he just steps down out of the blue. And so in one respect, it's like, hey, it's hard for me to fault John Elway when that was his plan. And the plan was working and probably would have continued to work. But Gary Kubiak threw a wrench in it. Uh, Carell, Alan, thank you. Very generous. Appreciate the super saying. Sending some love to MHH from a newbie. Connect uh, on Twitter. We'll keep the conversation going there. Uh, Carell says, so happy I found you guys. And so are we. Thank you very much, my friend. Is it Carol or Carell? Maybe. Carol, Carell, I don't know. Probably you're probably right. Probably Carol. Welcome, regardless, though. Thank you, Antonio, in the house with a generous super chat. Another one wow. of our superstars that goes back a long time, but it's been a minute, big dog. Been a minute. Thank you very much, though. Very generous super chat saying, Sup, guys. Super stoked to finally see what a disciplined Broncos team looks like. Hashtag Broncos country. Yeah, it's going to be really cool to see the trickle down effect that Sean Payton has on every facet of the team. It's an interesting debate, though, you know, in terms of blaming John for the coaching search or, you know, exonerating him because of the factors of Gary Kubiak and also um, Joe Ellis. But why, if you had success with Kubiak, you had success with John Fox. And if you were in an offensive minded league, why would you go the other way for an unproven defensive coordinator who had nothing to show for it and no resume? Regardless, if they couldn't get Kyle Shanahan, their selection of VJ was so bad and it, it showed in the wash. Yep. That was one that, look, he's paying, he paid the price for it and so did the Broncos. That was a massive, colossal swing and a miss, mystifying to this day. I mean, a lot of times, Zach, when even when it's a bad decision, it starts making at least more sense in retrospect, the farther away you get from it. But in the case of that decision, especially considering who else was available, I mean, look, okay, Joe Ellis didn't like the idea maybe of Kyle Shanahan or maybe even too Zach, John wasn't quite ready to offer him full like sign off control, not as GM, but like any personnel moves I want to make, I'll, I'll make sure you sign off on that before we make them. But okay, fine. You don't hire Kyle Shanahan, Dave Tobe. Uh, then hire Dave Tobe, a guy who 
you know, maybe doesn't his coaching resume doesn't come from a sexy offensive coordinator side of things or defense or whatever, but would have been better than VJ Grover in the house. Thank you, big dog. He says, I cried after our first Super Bowl and I cried when Elway retired. I'm not crying today, but you can tie all three of our rings to Elway. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard to get too emotional over John Elway officially parting ways just because these last seven years have been so just hard to deal with, hard to handle. He bears the brunt of that. Uh, but still, because of his impact on the Broncos, both as a player and a GM, that's what I want to focus on. I'd rather focus on that because it's not like he just came in as a GM, Zach, and did some good things and lasted 10 years. No, dude, we're talking iconic, pivotal accomplishments as a GM. I'll pull up the article I had if we get enough time tonight. But some of the accomplishments this dude had, finding free agents in the college free agent or, or pro bowlers in the college free agent ranks, uh, street free agent ranks. Uh, uh, let's see. Unrestricted. I'm missing one. This dude like has a pretty impressive resume. I'll see if I can find it. He's the most iconic figure in Denver sports history. I think bar none, he's a legend. I'm just telling you, his downfall came with picking the wrong head coach. And even if you exonerate him for Kyle Shanahan, you know is who available that coaching cycle as well? Some guy named Sean McVay. He wasn't even on the Broncos radar. They never even interviewed him. So that was a whiff. They also badly whiffed in 2019 going against the green with Vic Fangio. It was not the quarterback, guys. I guarantee you if somehow they would have landed Kyle in 2017, they would have made do with Trevor Simeon. It would have been done. Renardo, holy smokes. A 200-club super throwing down. Thank you, Not Renardo. the first time that Renardo has been this generous, but hats off, dude. Shiny ball dome for you, big dog. Thank you, Renardo. Seriously, saying just checking in with my Mile High fam. Holy smokes, dude. Tonight has been fire in the chat. Renardo, love you, big dog. I mean, literally speechless. Renardo, you do this a lot. You and Michaela and so many other people here. You guys are literally incredible. Thank you so, so much. If you have a question and comment, Renardo, please get it in the chat. We'll be sure to read it out. If you see me looking down, guys, I want you to know it is not uh, out of disinterest in what's happening Lately, the platform that we use to stream, it's called StreamYard, and they're great. But lately, um, there's been a problem. Anytime we're streaming, if I go to open up another tab, it bogs down uh, the stream, and then I start delaying on the, on camera and whatnot. So now, until they get this figured out, when I search something, that normally I would just be doing it in the background on my tab. Where I'm, looks like I'm looking at the camera. I have to do it from my phone right now. Um, but I'm pulling this up, Zach the accomplishments of John Elway, uh, the GM, and I want to get to it. But again, I just want to tip my cap to Renardo. You are a stud. Thank you very much, big dog. Um, well, if I can get this to pull up right, tonight's not my day, it looks like. Ten elite accomplishments. Okay, ready? I wrote this, Zach, 2019. Let's see what it looks like in uh, in hindsight, okay? Um, eight. Now, this is not fully accurate because, again, this was written, you know, um, many years back so this is 19 he went on to what was it george payton's first year was 21 so he had two more three more classes here of free agents but john elway uh 18 pro bowlers as of 2019 we know it's been more than that because this doesn't count uh no it does count philip Lindsay. but just here's just one example one one quick tribute for john elway elway seven seasons then all right 2019 as a gm 
He has signed or extended contracts of 18 players who have combined for 37 Pro Bowls, uh, including Philip Lindsay, Casey Kreider. I mean, you got guys like Peyton Manning, Champ Bailey, Easy, uh, Demarcus Ware, Keith Talib, Von Miller, Elvis Dumerville, Ryan Clady, Demarius Thomas, Chris Harris Jr., Julius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, and there's more. He's also uh, the over the last his first seven years, the first. Uh, the only NFL GM to acquire future pro bowlers through the draft street free agency, unrestricted free agency and college free agency. So we could get more farther into the weeds on his accomplishments. But again, that's what I choose to focus on with regard to Elway parting ways with the Broncos is the great things that he accomplished. It's unfortunate that he wasn't able to end Zach, his tenure as a front office guy in the same top of the mountain way, right off into the sunset uh, that he did as a player, but still, much love and respect to the Duke of Denver. Yeah, and a partridge in a pear tree. I mean, listing off his accomplishments, you need a lot of breath because he did so much during his time as GM. Again, four division titles, two Super Bowl appearances, and one Super Bowl win. I think that's pretty uh, legendary, if I do say so myself. And finally, his parting gift was giving the Broncos George Payton as GM, handing the reins to someone as respected as Payton is. So much love to you, John, and we hope you enjoy retirement. All right, guys, we're about out of time tonight. Michael Ronquillo, thank you so much, bro, for your generosity and all that you do in our community. You are a stud. Um, and I'm sure we'll be hearing from you after tonight's stream on Twitter, as is your way. And I, we love seeing that every single night, big dog. So thank you, Mike. Um, Scott, who else are we maybe missing out on? Chris, thank you, bud. Appreciate that. Still the best in the business, Chad, Zach, and Scott. You're, you're a prince, CC. I need 200 CCs of Chris Chance's rock in the chat tonight. Thank you, big dog. Zach, unless there's any other burning uh, topics, though, I, I think let's maybe sign off for tonight. We'll circle back on Sunday. That was a blazing episode and a, a very humbling episode of the MHH podcast. And I say that in the best way possible. If you haven't done so yet, follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at mile high huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL and Scott at scout Kennedy. If you guys want some of our merch, Bucka merch, the hat I'm wearing, Chad's wearing any of our podcast hosts are rocking, go to MHHmerch.com and check it out when you have some time. And also, if you haven't, go to facebook.com slash pod. Be sure you're liking that page and following that page. If you're on Instagram, follow us at mile underscore high underscore huddle. And if you haven't, guys and gals, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every month. But if anything, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Much love and respect. And by the way, this is, I'm dying to know too, Keith's question here. When does Zach's album drop? <laughs> Listen, I'm a, I'm a man of many talents. I could, I could put, uh, you know, an EP together, Zach, of some sick beats, right? Get the 808 beats rolling. Uh, then you just got to write some dope yeah. lyrics and, and figure out what your flow is going to be. We can have Scott playing the bass. Boom, 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 boom. We can come up with something <laughs> dope dude so what's your answer for for uh keith stay tuned keith i got something in the works i've been in the lab lately so hope you like it the beat laboratory we've That's been right. putting our heads together it's it's going to be dope it's going to be the first ever uh you know football podcaster writing duo to become <laughs> platinum selling hip-hop artists 
cross genre too. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it'll be like Rage Against the Machine meets um, Lil Peep meets um, I don't know who do the kids love. Who do you who's who's your favorite artist of all time, Zach? Oh man, that's a tough one. I'd say probably Lil Wayne. Uh, but okay. I was thinking more along the lines of like Lincoln Park and Jay Z when they did that mashup. That's you and I. So yes, we'll get it pumping. But even that mashup, you know what? They owe that inspiration uh, to Aerosmith. Scott remember this and Run DMC getting together in the '80s for was it Walk This Way? It was Walk This Way. No, what was it? What was it? Oh, what was it? Wasn't? Are you sure? Hold on, hold on. Scott Scott knows this. What was it? What song was it? Predates Beastie Boys. Maybe it was right around the time Beastie Boys became a thing. It's not coming through. I don't know. The chat probably knows. Um, what was it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, Keith's walk this way. Keith's saying walk this way, dude. All right. Anyway, guys, love you. Appreciate you. Shout out to these great super chat superstars tonight. Larry, no filter. David McElrath, the Duchess. Holy smokes. Michaela Parker, love you. David Kilgore, Taylor Christensen. Love your profile pic, big dog. Og Garcia, Gary Palmer, Carol Allen, Antonio Aragon, Grover, Renardo, Chris Chances, and then on Facebook, Michael Ronquillo. <laughs> big dog throwing down. Phil McLaughlin, Lawrence Rivera, Keith Brugman, Gina Cooper. Much love and respect. Love you guys. Yeah, for Lil Chad, this is Lil Zach. We, uh, <laughs> definitely uh, thank you for tuning in tonight's podcast. And thank you all so much for your generosity, Michaela, Bernardo, every single person. We're back on Sunday evening. Have a great start to your weekend. We'll see you then. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal.